0: morning, New Walk. Thank you for being with us this morning. We are in a new series called Some Assembly Required. And what we're going to be talking about is really uh, bringing some uh, reworking, uh, reassembling of the home and the family. And maybe you're a home of one. Maybe you're a home of several. This is a great opportunity for you to learn and grow, especially with the topic that I want to share with you here Today, this morning. Uh, I also, before I get into what my topic is today, I wanna let you know we're having an event that's for a specific age group that's happening tonight. It's for what we call our Young Adults YA gathering. We do a once a month gathering, it's right here on the campus uh, tonight at six o'clock, having a cookout, some activities. It's really just a, a hangout time to connect and meet people in that age group that is out of high school. All the way up, usually uh, to right around age 25 is who comes to these. We would love for you to be there. If you're a part of that age group, come join us and be a part of a YA gathering. Bring people with you. You don't need to sign up. Just show up tonight right here at the church. We will host you in that gathering. I want to look at a guy in the scriptures who's got a very critical bit of information to give you and I today, though we're talking a long time ago, Old Testament. uh, I think you're going to discover very revealing and truthful for us here today in the year 2022 when it comes to homes and and families. And uh, we're going to look at the character, uh, biblical character we're going to learn from today. His name is Daniel. And maybe you've never read the Bible. You don't know anything about the Bible. We're glad you're here. Uh, You may have heard about Daniel in the lion's den. Which uh, is kind of famous. Maybe you're not sure how all that went down. I'm just, I was saying, I'm talking to you about Daniel. Uh, this was a guy who was seeking after the things of God during a time when not many were seeking after the things of God. Daniel is called in to the palace to interpret a writing and inscription that had appeared on the wall. Uh, you ever heard? Have you ever heard, you could see the handwriting on the wall? That comes from uh, this part of the Bible. It's one of these things that we kind of share in our culture and use phrases that are found actually ultimately, they began in God's, God's Word. And you're going to get that moment in history recorded for you and I today. What it's going to share for you and I is it's going to give us really what I would say is a leadership lesson. And I think that's critical because if I was going to start out on a talk about a quality home, a quality marriage, quality family, parenting, we probably ought to talk about leadership because it all rises and falls on leadership. Show me a healthy home, I'll show you quality leadership in the home. Show me an unhealthy home, I'll show you a low quality leadership in the home. And one of the things I share with uh, our Wild at Heart guys, I take a group of men every year on a little bit of a journey. And uh, one of the things I talk to them about is, you know, the fish rots from the head down. And so, hey, guys, if there's a struggle in your home, it starts with your leadership in the home. And God's going to reveal to men and women here in our time together the importance of quality leadership. Look, uh, the thing that we know about God's Word is, whether it comes to how to lead well in a, in a home or a nation or a community or in our personal life or our finances, God's Word is littered with all the leadership stuff you could ever want to know. There's hundreds of books on leadership out right now. And so many of them have things in them that all stem from God's Word. You save yourself a lot of money and just get into God's Word and discover some really powerful leadership principles. You can learn leadership principles for any area of your life in God's Word. Another place for you to learn leadership principles is to come be a part of the house of God and hear the pastor share. When he shares God's Word, you're going to get many times leadership principles that you can apply to your life. Another way that a human being learns great leadership is when they're very young. And they grow up in a home where dad is a great godly leader for the home, or mom's great godly leader, and they show how to lead a home well. And you grow up, you learn that in your household, and you grow up and you start in your home, and you are able to learn, or you're able to apply quality leadership in your home one day because you learned great leadership in the home that you grew up in. Some of you right now are going, "That was not my home. We did not get godly leadership in my home," and and I get that more and more in our culture today. That's the majority. Most people did not get godly leadership in their home. That doesn't mean you're left empty. You can't do anything about it. No, you can seek God, get his help, and learn what great leadership is like. During the time that we're gonna look at in history, Daniel's called to the palace of the king Belshazzar. And Belshazzar is not leading well. The palace is a mess. The nation is a mess. The people are a mess because of poor leadership at the top. Belshazzar has chosen, uh, just like his father, Nebuchadnezzar, did he chosen to reject the things of God, reject the, the path of God, and so it's affecting people around him as well, and it's affecting an entire nation. It's really a sample for our own life here today in 2022. Did you know that if you don't want to follow God, in your life and the principles for your life that God sets out. Did you know uh, God will let you unfollow him if that's what you want? He will, he'll let you. Not happy about it, but in choice, he will let you choose to not follow him. And did you know if you choose to not follow God, God will also allow you to encounter the brokenness of a life that comes from not following God? He's not happy about it, but he will allow you if that's what you want to choose for your life. And this king and the people under the king's leadership had chosen to rebel, to turn away from the things of God. But here we are in the year 2022, and just as during that time God's people had access to the truth about God, they were choosing poorly, you and I here today in 2022, we have access to the truth about God. You know in the Old Testament, uh, it was the Jewish people that had that rich connectivity with God, that that God was utilizing to do incredible things. In the New Testament, it's not just the Jewish people, it's the Jews and the Gentiles. And what that means for you and I is that everybody in this room has access to great leadership. In other words, there's no excuse for any person in this room to lead poorly because you have access to these principles and the strength of these principles through the Heavenly Father. When you become a Christian, when you make that decision to follow God and become a Christian, you are connected to an incredible family, a royal priesthood. You become a part of a holy nation. You are God's chosen people. And God will download, if you seek him then, the information you need to be a quality leader. And God is looking for quality leaders. He's looking for healthy, strong leaders. When you become a Christian, you come out of the darkness and you step into the light. God says, let there be light, and there is light, and there is light in your life. And God says, now take the light that I've put in your life and shine it onto others as well, and be a leader and a light, a leader in your own home, in your own environment. You and I have access to this. And so I wrote this in your notes. Remember this, great homes, marriages, kids, families, parenting skills, look, it all begins, it all starts with great leadership. And that's going to be critical for the rest of our journey together over the next couple of weeks. Who is leading well in your home right now? Who is the godly leadership person in your home right now? Uh, Because a home without unity and godly leadership is oftentimes going to struggle oh, Daniel's called into a palace where these struggles are taking place. Uh, the people are parting with their concubines of women and wives. they're mocking the treasures of God of the Jewish temple. they're pounding away the alcohol. they're ignoring and mistreating the things that are at the heart of God. Fast forward to the year 2022. This happens all in our culture today. People are mocking God. People disrespect the family system. People uh, do not love the things that God loves. There's no godly leadership in communities, nations, and homes. Again, seeing how God's word, this historical account that we're going to look at, plays out, comes to life for our lives here today in this current time. Belshazzar? has these words that are written. He says, I, I, I want to know, having a party at the palace, these words are there, I want to know what these words mean. Just as a little heads up, if you ever go to a party and a hand appears and starts writing words on the wall, you, you may want to exit that party. Things are getting weird at that point. Like that's a, not a good sign probably, so time to get out. This party has this happening and this is what it says in Daniel chapter Five, Now, remember, Daniel is one of a small amount of people that are living for God during that time. You had people like Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. And these are people that are choosing to live for the things of God. And, and, and the king knows there's somebody out there that can help him that's living for the things of God, calling him into the palace. He says, If you can figure out what these dreams are, or these words are about, I'll pay, I'll compensate you. And, and that's where we pick it up. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let your gifts be for yourself. Give your rewards to another. In other words, I I don't need your gifts, man. Yet, I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. I'll I'll do it for you. O king, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar, your father, a kingdom and majesty, glory and honor. And because of the majesty that he gave him, all peoples, nations, languages trembled and feared before him, whomever he wished he executed, whomever he wished he kept alive, whomever he wished he set up, and whomever he wished he put down, but when his heart was lifted up, and his spirit was hardened in pride. He was deposed from the kingly throne and they took his glory from him. Then he was driven from the sons of men. His heart was made like the beast and his dwelling was with the wild donkeys. They fed him with the grass like oxen. His body uh, was wet with the dew of the heavens until he knew that the most high God in the kingdom of men is the one who appoints over, appoints over it whomever he chooses. So here's, here's what he's saying to Belshazzar. First things first, I need you to know your father goofed things up. And he got things messy. And now, I'm just here to tell you, I'm setting the table, Belshazzar, that you're, gonna, you're doing the same things your dad did. How many of you know it's so easy to do the things that your dad did? Some of you, this is your story. You learn things from an unhealthy father and you do some of the very same things <laughs> that you learned from your father, some unhealthy things. Of course, again, I hope that some of you learned some great things from your father as well. But he's pointing out to Belshazzar that your dad was making terrible mistakes, and now you're on the same path. It says this, it says, but you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, although you knew all of this about your history. And you have lifted up You've lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven. They have brought the vessels of his house, God's house before you. You and your lords, your wives, your concubines have drunk wine from them. In other words, you've disrespected the things of God. And you have praised the little g-gods of silver and gold and bronze and iron and wood and stone which do not see, hear, or know. And the God who holds your breath in his hand and owns all your ways, you have not glorified. He said, you know what you're doing? You're putting all your energy and focus into things that give you nothing in return. You are worshiping things like gold and silver, possessions, money, materialism. You're worshiping these things, and they are leaving you empty instead of worshiping the one true living God that can fill your heart. This is what Daniel's reminding them. Uh, And it says, then the fingers of the hand were sent from him, and this writing was written. He said, this is the inscription that was written. It said, mene, mene, tekel, And Daniel has been called in to now interpret these, what is ultimately three words. One's repeated, so it's three words, mene, tekel, and if you continue to read the scriptures, you will see Daniel then translating. I'm going to share with you what that translation was and how it affects the home and quality leadership still today. I put in your notes, if you're taking notes, reassembling a broken home. All oh, we're getting all of this out from Daniel chapter 5. I want to say, uh, I hope you'll take some good notes here because this is important stuff. You can take these notes with you. Take them home, you can go back, refer to them, study the scriptures a little bit more, learn a little bit more from God's word. There's not a test afterwards, I promise. So that's not what we're doing notes for, but it's just for your advantage to take, take those home with you. And here's the first word that is translated from Daniel as these words, this handwriting is on the wall. The first word, mene, which means numbered. And the leadership principle I want to give you today is do not forget that your days are numbered. That's what Daniel is reminding Belshazzar of. He's saying, hey, 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 that is a reminder being shown to you that your days are numbered. And Belshazzar, you have had opportunities in front of you. You have had great moments to make a difference in people's lives. You've had opportunities to, to, to get things in order around here. And the moment... Just keep passing, and he's bringing to his attention that he's let some things slip by him. He's not invested in the things he should be invested in. This is a principle that any healthy family had better be paying attention to. Like, if you want a healthy home, if you want a healthy family, You have got to decide that when moments and opportunities are presented before you to make a difference in your home, your marriage, your family, that you're not going to let those moments pass. You're going to be invested every day in those opportunities in front of you. If you're going to reassemble your life, put it together with God's help, you're going to have to see that there's got to be a laser focus on the now. If you're going to have a healthy marriage, you got to focus on Now. If you're going to have a healthy parenting and kids, you got to focus on now. Psalm 90 and verse 12 says, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us that every moment matters, that God knows things and he knows about opportunities for our life and he knows what he's trying to do in our life. It's an intimate connection with you. He knows of the details of your life. He knit you together In your mother's womb, and wove you together. He knows the number of hairs on your head. For some of you, it's not a high count, but he knows. He knows a lot about your life. And so we go to him and we say, okay, God, what are you looking for for my life? And help me so that then I can make the most of everything that I have right now. I wrote this in my notes. It's not in yours. But we've got to place a high value on every day, every moment that we have. Lost days and lost moments are hurting lives, homes, and families. The problem that you need to come to terms with is that you have a spiritual adversary who wants you to waste your days. You just do. I I don't know if you realize that. Some of you know this. We have a spiritual adversary, Satan, and his goal is that you would waste your days. And he has three tactics that he always is employing to get you to waste moments that are in front of you. The first tactic is to get you to focus on your past all the time. I made this mistake. I made some bad choices. I screwed up my past and you can't get over it. Or, about your past, to get you caught up in bitterness and brokenness about dumb decisions or dumb things that have been done to you. And you can't forgive and you're always thinking about your past, so number one, the enemy will distract you from right now by getting you focused on your past. Uh, Number two, He'll get you worried, anxious, and stressed out over your future. Some of you are tracking with me right now. You're like, ding on number one. Ding on number two. Stress, anxiety. Worried about tomorrow. Because who could focus on right now if they're worried about tomorrow? And then the third is to keep, if he can't get you worried about your past, if he can't get you worried about your future... He'll get you so busy today that you can't stay focused. And now some of you are three for three. Because you're home, but you're not home. And you're on your phone, and you're worried about your calendar. And when dad walks in the door, mom walks in the door, husband, wife, you're worried about the bills, the finances, more money, more careers. And nobody's saying, but but what about now? Now? That's what Daniel's bringing to Belshazzar's attention. Like, you have missed incredible moments in your life. There are some of you, your kids need you now. Your spouse needs you now, not tomorrow. Don't let those moments go by. They they need you and you're not there. They need you to step up and you're not around and the enemy loves that and so many of our families today. It can't function because the leaders aren't there. They're they're in their past. They're worried about their future, or they're so busy during the day. We get a limited time. Those of you that have kids, you, you just a little bit of time to really influence them. I one of the reasons I've been out uh, because we had a life change kind of thing happen in our family where. Um, a couple of weeks ago, my oldest daughter, who's 21, she got married, and so I had to give her away a couple of weeks ago. And so for me, you know, being you know, very close to my daughter is kind of an emotional thing, but uh, I remember standing outside those doors, you know, the doors are closed, and, uh, and then they are going to open them, and then I'm going to walk down the aisle there to, to the altar and give her away. And I remember when those doors were shut and I was on that side with her in my arm and it's about a minute or so before the doors opened and I just remember thinking, hey, I got no regrets. Like I was there. I was present for them, for my, for my daughter. I was present for her. Now, I was emotional because time still flew. And those of you that know that you have kids, you know like, like, you, 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 it just, you try to grip it, and it just goes right through your hands. So that was emotional to me. But in the moments, I, I knew that I had done my part to make the most of those moments. No regrets. I want to challenge you, some of you right now. You, 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 you've got some weekends and some weekdays left with your kids in your home. And they're numbered. And the time is now to play with your kids. And the time is now to pray with your kids. The time is now to invest in your wife or your husband. The time is now to be in the moment. Live a life knowing that your days are numbered. Faith says this, when you say yes to Jesus Christ and you have a relationship with him, listen to me. Faith says this, I'm not worried about my past because God took care of my past. Faith says this, that I'm not worried about my future because I serve a God who's setting my path straight. And I know I'm on the right path for the things of God. And so my past is taken care of, my future is taken care of. And so I can operate in the present and focus even more, knowing that God is there by my side. It's one of the great advantages of following Jesus Christ and having the sins forgiven and moving past your past and not worrying about the future. Belshazzar is being told by Daniel what I'm telling you here today, this morning, and that is this. Make the most of every opportunity. Your days are numbered. Second leadership principle comes from the second word that we're going to look at, which is "tekel," which means weighed. Hey, King, you've been weighed. And then I, I gave a leadership tip: uh, believe that balance is important. The scales has in essence uh, this is what Bill, this is what Daniel is saying to the king. The scales have been brought out and you've been weighed. And hey, King, you've been found wanting. You've chased after a lot, King, in your life and it's still not enough. Hello, 2022. Chasing and chasing and chasing and we're never filled. The scales are out and we've been weighed and been found wanting. For some of you, you're hearing like, your days are numbered and you're realizing and God's uh, uh, speaking to you very clearly that you, you have missed some moments and that's hard to hear and, and now I'm talking about you've been weighed and you're being found wanted and, and when that the stuff gets revealed to somebody who's not leading well, it, it's hard to hear and I recognize that and some of you want to just tune me out because it, you know it, this is about you and I'm just gonna invite you, I, I'm not here to beat you up, in fact I'm sharing this with you because I want you to walk out of here and doing it differently with your head held high. But you've got to decide, determine that maybe you've been weighed and you've been found wanting. We don't, we don't like to hear the truth. You know, scales, <laughs> scales reveal a truth, whether we like it or not. I don't know if you've ever gone on a diet. And like, so you start, a good way to start a diet would be to get your, your starting weight. And so, you know, you do a diet, you got your starting weight, you say, oh my God, I'm gonna tackle this hard for two weeks. And then you come back to the scale and you're looking for some progress and it's like, you You lost a half a pound. And I don't know about you, in those moments, my first reaction, well, the scale's broke. (laughs) Clearly, there's something wrong with the scale, and so you'd be like, okay, baby, uh, let's order a new scale because something is wrong with the scale, and you get the next scale, and all of a sudden, you realize it's not the scale. That's hard. That's a hard truth to, to, to receive sometimes when you realize maybe some things are off in your life. Beliefs that bring a family together is a belief that says there's a lot of imbalance in our lives. We're chasing things that leave us empty and we need to start going after things that fill us up. And it is always, hear me, whether you like it or not today, it will always be the things of God that fill you up and that last forever. And until we figure that out, we're empty. Proverbs 16:11 says this about weighing and scales. It says, Honest weights and scales are the Lord's, and all the weights in the bag are his work. Proverbs 11 and 1, dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. When the people are chasing after the things that matter, it delights God. I think for some of you, uh, this Life that you're dealing with that's messy inside of your home. It's a warning sign that potentially some folks in the home, especially the leaders, may be craving the wrong things. And you gotta decide to see this thing switch around. I, I was going back to Luke 19 and the story of Zacchaeus several weeks ago when we were here. I was talking about Zacchaeus and I was talking about how he, as a principle there in Zacchaeus that was so important where Zacchaeus is uh, you know, seen very clearly by God. I shared that with you uh, in our time together. But uh, there's a couple principles that are so applicable for what I'm sharing with you right now. I want to go back to Luke 19 and verse one and talk about Zacchaeus again. Some of you know Zacchaeus, again, a wee little man. And a wee little man was he. Some of you are like, I don't know what he's talking about, man. I don't. Anyways, okay, that's all right. It says this, it says, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and this is the part I want you to pay attention to, and he and he was what? Rich. So by the standards of humanity and culture, you would say, well, he's got everything. He's rich. And by the way, I talked about this a few weeks ago, if a tax collector felt like they needed more money, they just went and got it from the people. That's how they made their livelihood. So this is a guy who like has everything you would think by the world standards he could ever want. And then it goes on though, and he sought to see who Jesus was. But he could not because of the crowd and he had short stature. I'll stop here for just a second and say to you that he's got wealth and yet he's still found wanting Some of you have wealth, some of you have things, some of you have possessions, you're still wanting. That's Zacchaeus' story. Things are out of balance in his life, and he's also got some issues because he's determined that Jesus might be the answer for his problem, but now he can't get to Jesus because of the crowd, and also he's short in stature. Man, that could have been an excuse for him to just say, forget about it. I'm not going to deal with it. I got, I'm got i being blocked at this opportunity to get to Jesus. But he's going to take the extra step that he needs to take in order to have this encounter with Jesus. And I want to say this to you this morning. There are many of you right now, you've got a whole bag full of excuses to say why you will not turn to the things of Jesus in your life. Turn to Jesus Christ. And, and it's so easy to put up, a, put up those excuses and get out of here and move on. I'm gonna tell you, ain't nothing gonna change. You're gonna always be found wanting until you start seeking the things of God for your life. And you know what? Zacchaeus is not gonna be stopped. It says this, so he ran ahead. He climbed up the sycamore tree to see him for he was going to pass. Jesus was gonna pass that way. And he's like, there's gotta be a change to the situation. Some of you are so resigned right now to just thinking this is the way it'll always be. I guess nothing will ever change in our home. I guess things are always going to be out of balance, out of whack in our home. And he says, no, 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 no. i got to get a new outlook. And you need to see a new outlook. I'm going to talk about that here in a second. But this is what happens when Zacchaeus decides he's not going to be stopped. It says this, when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must stay at your house You know what Jesus does? Jesus gives him the ultimate commodity that Jesus has right there, and that's time. I'm gonna spend time with you. Obviously, salvation, even more of the commodity, but in the human realm and understanding, time is the greatest commodity you and I have. And Jesus says, I am reserving it for you, Zacchaeus. Of course, a few weeks ago, I said, you know, the reminder here is that no matter how hurting you are, Jesus knows you're hurting No matter how big the crowd is, he knows you by name. But what I wanted to share with you is Zacchaeus takes the extra step to remedy the situation, and God honors that. And when you decide to do your part, you need to know this, throughout God's word, when the people decide to do their part, God reserves his greatest blessings for them. The people who are willing to step up and do their part. Whatever needs to happen or change, I'm willing to do it, God. Have your way, and those are the people, and God bless us. But there's two things you're gonna have to do that are gonna be very difficult. I wrote these in your notes. They're simple, but I have to admit, they're gonna be difficult for some of you, and here's the first thing you've gotta decide to do if you're gonna have change inside your home. The first thing is this. Uh, You're gonna have to get new information. So many of us learn what we learn from other people, not God, and some of you learned how to be a father from your father, and quite frankly, he wasn't a good father, and I'm not trying to be mean, George, I'm just saying like, like that might not have been the healthiest information you got. And same with some of you, learn be a great mother. You learned to be a mother from a mother who wasn't a godly leader or had godly influence for your life. And so some of you had those decisions and choices where you've cho- you've decided to follow and be influenced by people who were unhealthy. And we build a life of that 10, 20, 30 years of influences from humanity, and there are many times not good influences. So we have to be willing to say, "Okay, I see that." And I gotta put that information aside and I gotta get God information. It's a so hard, you know, it's when you've been entrenched in your ways. That's not easy. Some of you are entrenched in your ways. And the renewal of God in your life includes you and I saying, God, I, I'm coming to you. I'm going into your word and I wanna know what you would have for my life. You see, when you are not willing to get new information from God, what you're saying is, I'm gripping the wheel of life. I'm in charge. It's my life. It's my family. It's my time. It's my money. God, I don't need you. Like I, This is my life. When you let go of that wheel and you say, God, I'm going to put you in the driver's seat, you're now positioning yourself to learn more and more the truth about what God wants for you in your life. The second thing I said is, is you, you, you've got to be willing to have new priorities. Now, uh, I, I want to talk to you about what we're doing in this series to come alongside of you. We're I stand up here and I say, hey, there's some things you need to do to change some things in your life. And it's easy for me to say that, but I think one of the great things about our church is we're always saying, okay, now here's the resources to help you further. Here's the resources to help you further. And um, at the bottom of your message notes that you got when you came in, there's a link there to some uh, resources that we've put together. Uh, uh, this It says parenting, honestly, It's more than just that, it's family, it's marriage, there's a lot of things there, but uh, certainly parenting information, which I'll dig into some of that a little bit more next week. I wanna just make sure you have this website though. Uh, There's a QR code on, on your back of your notes that you can scan, which provides some links and you can find your way to these resources or you can just direct enter on your phone, website, newwalk.church/parenting. It's gonna take you to all kinds of resources that our church offers for families, uh, and including marriages. Some of you, the struggle in your home is your marriage. And especially coming up this fall, we've got uh, marriage groups for people to enhance and enrich their marriage. We have parenting opportunities th- this fall to learn how to learn skills of better godly parenting. We've got that coming up as well in our round of groups that are taking place in, so again, I encourage you to go to that site, see some of those resources, take advantage of those, be in some groups this fall uh, when they launch next month. Be willing to get new information and willing to prioritize. The first word was many, which means your days are numbered. Numbered. The second thing was tekel, which meant you've been weighed and you're out of balance. And then here's the third word, ufarsin, which means divided or As uh, is also written in the scriptures to mean this word paras. And so Daniel says, Hey, Belshazzar, you are a divided people. And so I put a tip for leadership in your home, and that is this believe in keeping the Sabbath because it is holy. Belshazzar has a divided nation. The palace is divided, the people are divided. In other words, there's no unity. God blesses unity. God doesn't bless division. I think that may be the story of some of the homes represented right here or people watching online. There's not unity in your home. People are going all kinds of different directions. Me, 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 and my own priorities, the kids, the parents, everybody's doing something different and nobody's unified. And the principle of the Sabbath That is one of the Ten Commandments: is to keep us in a home as a family, individually focused on God, despite the chaos that's taking place during the week. God sets uh, in motion the creation of the earth. Maybe you know this uh, creation of the earth. It's six days, and on the seventh day, God rests. And it's a modeling for you and I, for humanity to say, you know what, there's a busyness and there's a work and there's a time during the week of creating and developing and all the things we have to do during the week, but we need to take time to make sure there's a day of rest. But it's not just a day of rest, it's a keep, it's it's something that is holy and powerful. And so what happens is the family says, yeah, we're honoring a day of the week. It's not about Saturday, it's not about Sunday, it's about a day that says we're all unified together in a refreshment that says... God is is front and center in our home. We're refocusing. And and it's so easy to skip a week and then another week and then another week. And all of a sudden, you see a family that forgets that God's the author of it all. He's the designer. He's the creator. He's large and in charge. And the people miss that. And again, it's me, me, me. And it's my, my, my. the Bible gives us these commandments, and you know, you've probably heard them, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, 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 not do this, that. When it comes to the Sabbath, it says thou shalt keep. And that word keep comes from the Hebrew word to celebrate. Making sure in this unification of the home that we take time to celebrate. We celebrate God in our home. We take, we take time to keep a celebration, a reminder God is leading in our home and leading in our families in a castle. What is the most fortified and secure area of a castle? It's called the keep. That's where the greatest treasure is in the castle. That's where the most important things are in the castle. And it's highly secured and protected. Keep good care of the keep, take good care of what matters, the things that are most important. And God is reminding you and I that it is important to protect the heart of the family and the things of God and to not let that slip by, to be a family that is unified together. I can tell you, my family, our home is not divided in its loyalties. In our home, we honor God, in our home we serve God, We give to God, we're loyal to God, and we regularly take time to reflect on God in our home. And because of that, our family is unified and has been over these years. I'm going to have somebody come out and play the keys and finish up our time together. But I want to read you this scripture from Malachi chapter 3 and verse 11. There's a famous scripture in Malachi 3.10, one verse before, that talks about giving to God and in an understanding of honoring God. But I love what it says in verse 11 and 12. It says this, and we'll put it up on the screen. It says, And when you decide to honor God in your life, it says this, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Your enemy, like I, I'm helping you do battle so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field says the Lord of hosts. And the nations, when a family is unified, when a home is unified, the nations will call you, what's that word? Blessed. Keeping these things in order in your life and focusing on God. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Mene, numbered, to count. Your days are numbered. Tekel, weighed. There's a balance. You've been weighed. Farce and Paris to be unified and not. Divided. I'll have you stand to your feet as we close out our time together. We're gonna have a little time of, of prayer as you stand to your feet. If you're able to stand, I'll ask you to stand to your feet in a time of commitment. So I'm gonna have the auditorium just, just stand to your feet, stay calm and, and, and nobody moving around, nobody leaving. This is an important time for some people here in this room and I realize some of you are putting up your front and making your excuses and you don't want anything to do with whatever I got to say and I get that and I'm sad for that and I know God's sad for that but that's the reality of it. But I'm gonna ask you to still honor the people in this auditorium who know that there need to be changes in their life and they want to turn to God. And so in this moment, we're just, I'm just going to ask now that we move forward just in a time of calm in the sanctuary. Before we pray, I wanted to talk about something that Pastor Eddie here at our church talks about regularly. He, he'll he talk about how you know being involved in groups and digging deeper into God's word is how you get rooted in your faith and in your life. And so he talks about redwood trees and roots and redwood, redwood trees and life in general roots. And, and I was thinking about redwood trees again this week. And the root system is, is so powerful. And, and it reminds me of what I'm trying to get across to you in our time together. And that is this, is that uh, there are so much water in the average redwood tree root system that there are 34,000 gallons of water in the root system, just in the roots, What can 34,000 gallons in a root system do when dry times come? Keep it going. What can 34,000 gallons of water in a root system do when the fires come? Keep it protected. These roots work together. They're rich in polyphenols. They resist bugs. They resist drought. They resist fire. They create these burls that grow where disease has tried to harm them. And they toughen up the root system so that they're protected that way. And when the elements come and the difficulties come, they're just digging in more and digging in more. Some of you, you've let the moments pass. You've chased after the wrong things. You've been weighed and your home is, is divided. And when the storm comes or maybe it already came, it, it was over. The family broke. Messiness has ensued. And what God is revealing to us and what Daniel is revealing to Belshazzar is, is something that can withstand and be strong and help those around them as well. And that's what strong homes do. They dig in to these things that matter the most and they're able to withstand anything that comes their way look it up in Psalm 133 in verse 1 about unity and working together it says this in verse 1 that when the people are united that's when the blessing comes when the people are united that's when the blessing comes from God moving together as a family. Let's bow our heads and pray together. I believe right now, God, you're revealing to wives, husbands, moms, dads, single people, married people, something's off in the home. Maybe it's just a bit of everything I've just preached about. I'm just going to give us a time right now of commitment before God to say, uh, yeah, God, you're dealing with me right now. As a matter of fact, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm asking nobody looking around. If this morning, in just a second, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. If this morning, you know, a change needs to be made in your home and you'd be willing to say, Pastor, I lift my hand to say, pray for me. Uh, uh, we, there's something that's got to happen different in our home. You, you see it in your life, in your leadership. It needs to take place. Maybe there's a married couple together. You, you grab your hands and you'll, you'll lift them up together to say, hey, we need this change. Some of you are believers in Christ, but you've gotten off track. Family's getting, out, getting messy. There's a division in the home. It's a recommitment time today. Others of you, I'm going to pray in just a moment that God will reveal to you his connection for you and your life and and your future. I'm going to share that in just a second. But just by a show of hands right now, whether you're a believer or non-believer, you know God is revealing to you today that something has got to change based on what you've learned here today. Would you just, from where you're at, nobody looking around, just slip up your hand, and say, Pastor, pray for me right now. Oh, my goodness. Mm All over the room, all the way to the back, the front, all over the room. Thank you. Put your hands down. I just want to pray. I want to remind you that this is not an easy, this is is not, there's nothing I can pray from here that will cause your family to be successful in the future overnight. There's steps and work that has to take place, but the commitment to say, God, before you, we want to get this on track. When we'll move forward for a healthier home, that opportunity, God, I want to receive that, I want to move in that right direction and turn things around starting today. the bible says that 's repentance that 's turning away from a way we 've been operating and moving towards the direction of things of god you 're saying god i am I ready for that today? others of you you 're knowing there's a struggle, but you do not have the power of God. You do not have a connection with God. And man, just like you, 21 years ago, I was standing in a church and the pastor was talking just like I'm talking. And he said, in an instant, your sin can be forgiven. Your past can be forgiven. Your future can be set in motion. Things can change through the forgiveness of sin and the acceptance of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And that pastor remind me that there, that God I gave his son, Jesus Christ, to be the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one came to the Father but through Jesus, and I finally realized that I needed to accept Christ for the forgiveness of my sin so that I could be connected to God, and forgiven people are connected to God. Right now, in this room, there's many of you across this room, in a room this size, this many people, uh, you do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, and you're just from where you're at, opportunity, right before God, just you and God, say, God, I accept the forgiveness, and the gift of Jesus Christ on the cross just right now saying, God forgive me of my sin just one on one with God in your heart forgive me of my sin cleanse me of this life I've been living in the past and the choices of things that have happened to me decisions God I'm ready for forgiveness I'm ready to be set free I believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ this historical figure this gift of God this part of the Trinity, given to humanity for the forgiveness of sin. God, I receive that gift today. And I'm ready to begin a journey with you. You can do that right now from where you're at. Many people doing it right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.